Just a quick message before we get started. VT Diggers Spring Fun Drive is happening now. And this year, we're partnering with the Children's Literacy Foundation, also known as CLIF. CLIF donates brand new books to low-income, at-risk, and rural Vermont children. And right now, for every donation to VT Digger, we'll donate one book to a Vermont child in need. Head to vtdigger.org donate to support local reporting and literacy. Thanks. From VT Digger, I'm Mike Doherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week... Is Vermont ready to set a reopening date? The state has unveiled a plan to lift most COVID-19 restrictions by July 4th. And while public health experts say there's value in giving people an incentive to get vaccinated, there's still a need for flexibility and caution over the next several weeks. Our reporter Aaron Patenko has the details. Aaron, thanks for hopping on. Thank you for having me. So on Tuesday, Governor Phil Scott rolled out this plan for reopening the state. It's meant to let nonprofits, community organizers, employers, and families plan for events and how these might look. To help businesses prepare for future operations and budgets and to give Vermonters something to work toward. What exactly is in that plan? So the plan has four different stages, and each stage has its own turn of the spigot, as Governor Scott likes to call it. (laughs) Step one begins on April 9th, and that involves essentially outdoor businesses can all go on the same guidance rather than having different guidances for every sector and capacity limits. They just have to follow basic rules like mask limit and allowing for social distancing. Group A will see little change, but again, we believe it will give them more flexibility and be easier to understand. And another big one is that you can travel without having to quarantine. Uh, So if you travel out of the state or if someone travels to Vermont, they can travel without quarantining as long as they get a test within three days of their arrival. As a reminder, we've had one of the most conservative travel policies throughout the pandemic. And while this eases those restrictions, it's still more strict than our neighbors. And it relies on unvaccinated Vermonters and visitors to do their part. Step two is on Bay 1st, and that covers most other businesses that aren't covered in step one, including things like restaurants and religious gatherings. Those are also moving to universal guidance. And this is also the start of a loosening on our capacity limits for events and gatherings. So Hmm. there's going to be a per person limit in indoor and outdoor gatherings, not including vaccinated people. Event organizers are responsible for coming up with some sort of plan to figure out how people are vaccinated or if they're vaccinated. It could be as simple as showing your proof of vaccine at the door. On June 1st, they move to no restrictions whatsoever for cross-state travel. They up the gathering and events limit. And then on July 4th, it's universal guidance encouraged, no capacity restrictions on gatherings, and massive physical distancing are encouraged. So in other words, on July 4th, they will move all of their rules and restrictions to just being encouraged for everyone, but not mandated for everybody. By then, we'll have been through 19 months of a historic pandemic response. 19 months of learning how this virus spreads, learning how to mitigate, developing incredible tools to control it, from testing to the distribution of three very safe 
and effective vaccines. And that's kind of the point where the state should be essentially a return to normalcy. One thing that Scott has kind of given as an example is having a graduation event that has no real limitations or restrictions and you can just kind of act like it's a normal graduation party. Got it. So this is a big change. Yeah, it is a big change. And it's it's happening all in the span of about three months. We need Vermonters to look at this roadmap and double down on the guidance we have in place so we can finish strong with the fewest lives lost and with our kids back in school before the school year ends. But to do so, we must meet each and every one of these steps on the timeline. So I'm personally asking you to do your part because we need your help as much today as we did last year at this time. During that time period, we do plan to vaccinate quite a few people. We won't have the entirety of the state vaccinated because not everyone will get the vaccine. And of course, kids are not qualified to get the vaccine. They hope that by step three, which is June 1st, we will have 70% of all Vermonters and more of that for Vermonters 16 and older. So that's kind of approaching the limits of herd immunity. But one question that's still kind of lingering is how many people will be vaccinated by July 4th? And, you know, if we don't meet those vaccination targets or if case counts go high, will these steps change at all? Is there a limitation to how much the state will follow its own guidance? Right. I mean, when you look at this plan, there are these vaccination rate targets that go along with each step and each start date. What do we know about how firm those targets and those dates are? Yes. Well, for April 9th, the first turn of the spigot, so to speak, we've already met those targets, which are the vulnerable population, you know, seniors and high-risk people, mostly vaccinated, and 35 to 45% of all Vermonters being vaccinated. We've pretty much hit that target. I think that they are kind of hoping that the progress that we've had so far in vaccination kind of continues as we move into the, you know, younger age banding. Now, we don't know for certain how many people in the younger age bands are going to be vaccinated because we haven't signed them up yet. The next age band is April 12th for Vermonters 30 and older, and then we will be opening to all adult Vermonters on April 19th. What is the goal behind putting out a a roadmap, as the governor calls it, like this, that spells out when and how things are going to open up? What are they trying to do in, in putting this plan out there? One official said at the press conference Tuesday, and business leaders have kind of backed this up, is that businesses and event planners and families and social gatherings and clubs, they want to be able to plan ahead and to know what to expect in the coming months. They want to be able to plan for events like summer fairs and weddings, uh, barbecues, They want to be able to configure their restaurants and salons and bars and gyms to be able to accommodate the changing sector guidance in the coming months. And I think that they also kind of want to encourage people to get vaccinated by providing them with this kind of carrot, uh, so to speak, you know, this incentive to get vaccinated. If people follow this plan, then you can see this return to normalcy and you'll know your life will be so much better. 
what the governor is signaling here is that this is not going to last forever and that we have something to look forward to. And I think it's he's encouraging people to get vaccinated. One expert we spoke to about the plan was Pam Berenbaum. She's the director of the Global Health Program at Middlebury College. And she said this strategy of linking the new guidance to vaccination rates could be a powerful incentive. I think it's dangling a carrot. And I say that not not in a way of criticizing the governor. Mm -hmm. I think people need to understand that we are going to open up the society when we are vaccinated. So on the one hand, the messaging is a little far ahead of itself, Mm. you know, to say everything's going to be normal by July 4th. uh, We don't really know that. You know, we've got the worst case count in Vermont compared to at any point in COVID-19. Like we are currently at our worst spot. We've got all the new variants. It's pretty hard to look into a crystal ball and say, yeah, we're going to be good by July 4th. But I think that what the governor is really trying to say to people is if we can vaccinate people at the same rate that we currently are, then this is the world that we will get to enjoy. Pam said the problem, though, is that we don't know if the vaccination rate is going to keep growing at the same pace it is now. The longer you, uh, you know, draw out a vaccination campaign, I think it gets harder near the end because there is all those people right now who are hesitant about taking the vaccine. And a lot of people are, you know, just playing the herd immunity game like they play with other vaccines, which is I want everybody else to take, you know, the perceived risks of the vaccine and I'll benefit because everybody else will be protected. So I think it's possible that we won't reach those milestones that the whole plan hinges on, on the, in the time frame that the governor hopes. Pam said if the vaccination rate slows down, it could be hard to change course from this July 4th plan. People, you know, they'll sort of hear one thing, but then they won't tune into the news to hear if it's changed. So if the governor has to backpedal from this plan, I think it's going to create a lot of confusion Mm. and some resentment, you know, because it really does hinge on vaccination. And Vermonters have been doing really well. I mean, there's really good vaccine uptake here. There's more trust in the vaccine here than in a lot of other states. So I'm optimistic that we will reach those targets and the plan can go forward. But, you know, if it doesn't, then it's, it's going to look pretty messy, I think. Pam said another reason for caution is that COVID is still new. And there's a lot we don't know about the pathogen and the vaccines. Nobody knows to what extent vaccinated people are going to be able to transmit COVID to other people or how long our immunity is going to last with a vaccine. There's some mixed evidence about how well they work against different variants. And I just want people to understand that. In the early days of COVID, there was a lot of backlash against changing recommendations. You know, wearing a mask doesn't protect you. Now it does. And honestly, the science was evolving. And I've noticed the public has had, I guess, limited patience for how much of the science remains unknown. And we just have to be flexible. The other risk of starting to reopen now, according to some experts, is doing it while younger Vermonters are almost entirely unvaccinated. More on that when we come back. Just a quick message from our underwriters. Community Health is Vermont's largest federally qualified health center. Affordable, accessible, quality primary health care at Community Health includes dental, pediatric, behavioral health, and pharmacy services. With practices in Rutland, Paulet, Shoreham, Brandon, and Castleton, new patients are always welcome. And centers are open seven days a week at Express Care in Rutland and Castleton. 
Community Health accepts Medicaid and offers sliding scale fees, making healthcare accessible to everyone. Community Health, your health is our mission. Aaron, what are the potential risks of a strategy like this, of rolling out something that has these dates attached to it and that, you know, is projecting three months down the road, these types of behaviors that people might be able to engage in? Well, one potential downside is that this plan is not based at all off of the actual COVID case numbers coming out day to day. And in recent weeks, we've seen record high totals in terms of the number of cases. Hospitalizations and deaths have remained mostly stable. They haven't really gone down despite the vaccine, but they haven't gone up either, which you'd expect as cases rise. And what officials say is that they're less concerned about the rising case counts because of the low numbers of hospitalizations and deaths, and because of evidence that most of the new cases are in younger Vermonters. But on the other hand, you know, if enough people get cases, even if a small percentage of those people end up getting complications from the virus, they could still get hospitalized or die. So, you know, there is kind of a question of how high does it have to go before officials start being concerned about that. And the spread of the variant is another big unknown in terms of how it can affect case numbers and subsequently affect hospitalizations and deaths. Mm -hmm. You know, I look ahead to July with great hope. Um, You know, Vermont is vaccinating its population at a really fast rate. um, And that's gives us reason for great optimism as we look to the midterm future. But as I look back from that, um, I have real concern about, you know, the next several weeks ahead and where the state is um, and what the um, proposed approach um, to getting us to a much better summer is going to be. Anne Sozin is a policy fellow at Dartmouth College, and she focuses a lot on health equity and health disparities. And she discussed how for young people, maybe the risk of hospitalization and death is lower, but they could see long-term complications, also called long COVID, that can have huge effects down the road. She was concerned that the state wasn't really paying enough attention to that or factoring it into their reopening decisions. As you know, I look at the vaccination schedule, we aren't going to start vaccinating the populations or the age groups that are having the highest rates of infection until April 12th and April 19th. And that means that we have to look two weeks ahead at least before we start to have an impact on transmission in those populations. At the same time, we're starting to roll back restrictions. And, you know, there should be real concern about whether, you know, that um, in combination with some of the other public health and policy changes that have been put into place, you know, will contribute to an increase in transmission, you know, over the short term. And so I think mm-hmm. we're lo- potentially looking at a very rocky few weeks um, before we can get to a better point as we head into the summer. And it seems like um, kind of the argument when reporters had, were asking questions about this today was that the number of cases in the younger age group are rising, but the emphasis that they put on this a lot of the time is that deaths and hospitalizations are still stable or declining over time as the older age group is being vaccinated. So does that give you a little less concern about reopening when cases are high? Or do you still kind of feel like we should be using cases as a metric to determine whether to reopen or not? 
That's a great question. So I think that there's real hope um, in seeing deaths and hospitalizations fall. That's, you know, obviously our primary objective as a state. Um, however, I have great concern about the dual narrative that's emerged um, that young people are um, driving the trajectory of the pandemic. Um, and also that this rise in cases among young people doesn't matter. You know, early in the pandemic, we thought um, that most young people would fare very well and that severe illness and death would concentrate um, in older and more medically vulnerable populations. Our understanding of this virus has really evolved over the last year. And now we understand that uh, somewhere between 10 and 30% of young people will go on to develop what we call long COVID or a form of chronic disease. Um, there are young people who are infected in March of 2020 that have lingering symptoms who are unable to work because of this debilitating illness. And so that's really reshaped you know, our understanding of the disease um, and really upends our thinking about these easy trade-offs um, between lives and livelihoods that are in front of us right now. One other thing that Anne mentioned is that another concern with this plan is the effect that case spread, especially current case spread, has on schools and K-12 instruction. You know, even if we have a low number of hospitalizations and deaths, a high number of cases can lead to schools to close or move to remote instruction, leave parents on the hook for childcare for an unspecified period of time. And the state is currently planning to reopen in-person instruction as much as possible this month. So, you know, that is one potential concern is the overlap between those two different stages of reopening. What I think is missing from the plan that's been laid out is a coherent strategy for driving transmission down at this point in time, given that we're, you know, really at one of the most precarious points in the epidemic right now. We've seen, you know, an increase in transmission. There's growing concern around the spread of variants in the state. And I just don't hear the sense of urgency as well as a set of steps to respond to the situation in front of us. You know, I really don't think it's in our interest to have more Vermonters infected than necessary. And so our, real, our plan needs to really be one you know, target transmission in a really strategic way, and then start to take conservative steps to reopening. We don't need to have endless restrictions. You know, we can get out of this phase and we're all looking forward to this point in time, but we do want to exit this phase of the pandemic with the least impacts possible. So a lot of these changes are happening now. If this is the roadmap, we're, we're kind of already on the road. I'm curious what kinds of things you feel like we will be looking at as this plan unfolds and we start to see these changes take effect. Yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely going to keep keeping an eye on the vaccination progress and seeing whether we meet these targets by the time that we hit those step two and step three stages of the plan, you know, especially with so much uncertainty ahead, you know, we really want to be able to at least say that we are on track to vaccinate people as we reopen the state. But also, you know, just the, the COVID case numbers and how they're translating to hospitalizations and deaths is worthwhile to note. You know, the state also set reopening benchmarks nearly a year ago that they are not following for this particular plan, which is a 5% positivity rate, good IC capacity, high testing rates and controlled case growth, you know, case growth that isn't exponentially rising. And I think that they decided not to follow those benchmarks for this because, again, cases don't necessarily mean the same thing when they're in younger people. 
but I definitely want to keep an eye on whether the state is still meeting those benchmarks as cases go out of control, because it might, if nothing else, it might be a signal that the state needs to take some action in addition to what it's already doing to contain case spread and prevent complications from becoming really problematic in young people. Thanks, Erin, for the rundown. Thank you. You can find all of Aaron's reporting on the state's reopening plan at vtdigger.org. And find all of our COVID-19 coverage in one place at vtdigger.org slash coronavirus. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We use music this week by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. See you then.